Catch Up with Cat. Hello and welcome to Catch Up with Cat with me, Cat Harvey. Thanks for joining me this morning. I hope everything is as good as it possibly can be at the moment for you. But if the kids are driving you bonkers, if homeschooling is the bane of your life, rest assured you are not alone. I'm joined this morning for a catch-up by Hayley Matthews, mum of two and blogger of Motherland. And that's Motherland with a U. Hiya, Hayley. How are you getting on? Good morning. I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you? (laughs) I'm not too bad. Now, I know that you're in a flat and you've got two little ones with you. What age are they and how are you coping with this? Well, one is not so little. One is like a fully grown man and he's eight years old and (laughs) has just got bigger feet than me. And the other one is one and a half and is just on the go constantly. So they're very busy kids. They are boys full of energy and I am exhausted. Um, This is just, it's like nothing else. But you know what? I wouldn't change it for the world. But it's it's brilliant, but it's hard. Are you having, a lot of people are saying they're having good days and then a bad day and then back to being good days. Is that the same for you? Is it this roller coaster of emotions? Yeah, de- definitely is a massive roller coaster of emotions. It's like all your Christmases and all your birthdays and all your fears and all your worries wrapped in uh, one lockdown and you can't go anywhere. That's what it's like. It's like everything you experience. I mean, we um, we had a massive family argument yesterday and it got to the point where we took the computer off my eight-year-old and he started telling me he hated me and shouting at me. And then because he started getting angry, the wee one started getting angry and he picked up a box and threw it at my partner and it looks like he's got half his top up. So yeah, we were all we're all on top of each other and we're in a flat. Uh, we're lucky we've got the garden at the back and we're quite close to um, some green area in Edinburgh. But it is, it's difficult. I've got four cats as well, by the way, which are not helping the Four? Oh, my word. It's like a madhouse. <laughs> I'm that mad cat lady with four <laughs> cats that get fed king prawns for their dinner. The, but do you know what? Do you know what makes it better is little simple things. Little things. Like, mm. you're going to think I'm crazy here, but the happiest I've ever seen my two boys was just before Christmas when they were playing with a cardboard box. So... Last week, I, I was racking my brain. I thought, you know what? I'm going to give them a cardboard box. And it kept them entertained for three hours. <laughs> three hours with a box. What did they do with it? <laughs> they turned it into a robot? <laughs> Not they drew holes, um, drew pictures on it, punched holes in it. The two of them went in it. Then they pretended it was a train and we dragged them about the place. And then they just started jumping on it and knocked the pan out of it. So, yeah, box. Give your kids a box. That is, that is an amazingly frugal good tip. You don't have to spend loads and loads of money in that. So what's working best for you then? Are you creating a routine for them? Are they getting up at a set time? Have they got like a slot for doing the homework? Obviously not the baby, but you're, you're eight-year-old. We tried that for a day. I'm going to be totally honest. We tried a day. dating for a day. <laughs> yep. And it was, do you know what I've realised and accepted is that kids do not listen to their parents but they listen to their teachers. Parents will teach kids everything, but they have a different different level of respect for parents and teachers. It's different. And trying to get your kids to do stuff without bribing them on a daily basis, any parent that's listening to this is going to know what I'm saying. It's, you know, you've, you've got to bribe them to get them to do anything. So we did the routine for a day, and then I thought, you know what? There's going to be arguments all the time. I'm still breastfeeding the wee one-year-old, so I'm quite tied up with that as well. And it's difficult to sit and get the other one to concentrate and when you're doing something with the other one and splitting my time is hard 
and my partner's working from home. So it is quite a difficult oh. situation. So what we do is we will give Harris, my year old, some quiet time where he has to read about his book or do some colouring in. We'll do some tips. Um, we've been looking on the, the Parent Club website, which is parentclub.scot, and they've had some brilliant tips where you can just jump to music. Kids love to get all that energy out. We've just been jumping to music. We'll put on Annie Lennox, Sweet Dreams, uh, the, the remix, the dance remix, and the two that bop away, stuff like that. It's simple things. That's what's working for us. So when things get a bit heated and we can see that a routine is not working, we'll stick in some music. We'll do little, um, you know, we'll, we'll just do things that we would that we would normally do and try and make it a bit more exciting. Like, let's go and water the plants and we'll soak each other after we've done it because we're not going anywhere anyway. So yeah, just having a bit of fun with stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, having fun is so important because I think a lot of parents are going to look back on this and go, do you know what? I should have just laid in bed till 10 in the morning and cuddled them and I should have had breakfast in bed and I should have just not stressed about this because we're getting ourselves so stressed and we just need to go, do you know what? These are unprecedented times. We've never seen anything like this before. We just need to go with it. There's no right or wrong way to do this. We all just need to stick together, get through it ourselves and share our tips, which is what you can do on the parent clubs and the website as well. Um, so all the parents sharing advice and that's how I'm getting through it it's just by listening to other parents thanks Ailey stay with us for more chat but first here's Nathan Dahl with Flowers Nathan Dahl with Flowers I'm joined by mum of two broadcaster and blogger Hayley Matthews this morning so Hayley yeah, I had a little look at the website actually. Um, I don't have kids, but I know loads of people that do. And their Here For You campaign is actually brilliant because I think the main thing that they're trying to highlight is it doesn't really you know, matter if you think you're doing things wrong. There's no right way to be dealing with stuff at the moment. So just try and keep the kids happy. Yeah, and do you know what? That's parenthood all over. Nobody knows if we're doing it right. I, I, I still feel like I'm winging it. All my friends that have got kids, we're all winging it. We've not got a clue what we're doing. As long as they're safe, they're fed, they're happy, and you know they're not in danger, and then we're doing a pretty good job. Because they are like little mini drunk people trying to kill themselves. That's what they're like. You've just got to keep them safe. Yes, safe, happy, well-fed, clean, and you're winning it parenting. And that's what it is. You know, there's no right or wrong way. We're just getting through this. And as long as we're all happy, that's it. And well, that's the main thing. I mean, it just sounds chaotic, Haley. I'll not lie, your your flat sounds like an absolute madhouse. Oh, fun, I have to add, because I would like to paint a cardboard box and jump on top of it at the end of the day, so cute. Um, but how important for your own mental health, then, is it to have somebody to talk to if you're feeling under pressure, you know, somebody that you can release your sort of angst with? Oh, massively, massively. And that's what my partner and I... I'm very lucky that I have a very strong relationship and that's what we'll do. I'm not being smug. We've had our tough times, but we're in a very good place and it's good to just batter that off one another at night and I'll tell him, um, I have, I've put my hand up about this before, I have very fragile mental health and I need to keep it in check quite a lot. We all have mental health mm. and when you're in a situation where you can't get out, you can't do your daily routine, you don't have a purpose, that's when things can start getting a bit bleak. So for us to chat at night is really important. And a lot of my friends will have WhatsApp calls, we'll keep in touch. Um, I've kept in touch with a few of the, the mums that are good friends of mine. And we've, what the kids have done is they've written letters to each other 
and posted them through the letterboxes. So, I mean, it's we're all keeping in touch and we're talking to each other and the mums are talking to each other. And that is so important to have that. But also, um, nobody else is going through a situation like this other than you and your household, because it'll be different for everybody, even though we're all in the same lockdown. So, I mean, me and my partner, Kenny, we look at it at night and just, it's really testing our parenting skills to the max, but it's also making us appreciate things a lot more as well. Yeah, bringing you stronger together as well. Now, I know you were part of the video that ParentClub.Scot are putting together about sharing tips. I think the hashtag they're using is hashtag ParentClubTips. So what's this all about? So all the parents are getting together and sharing tips on how we're getting through our day and things to keep our children busy. And yep, if you search the hashtag ParentClubTips, then you will find lots of lovely pictures and lots of lovely posts that parents all over Scotland have put together. I think one of my um, one of my favourite pictures that I've kind of posted has been little baby Orin getting involved in the garden with a brightly coloured windmill and a wee watering can. And it's just wee things like that that are simple. Oh, so Get your kids involved <laughs> in the garden, get them cooking, doing all these sort of things. And it's just sometimes you forget what to do when you're a parent sometimes you just you're so caught up in the moment you think what can I do and just having a wee search through the hashtag um, will just bring all those ideas back to your head and help you get through your day well listen I can hear the kids in the background you've done very well keeping them quiet for all this time what did you bribe them with for this (gasps) oh um, well the computer (laughs) the computer and chocolate (laughs) it's always going down well oh a winning combination every time. Hayley Matthews, broadcaster, mum and blogger of Motherland, and that's M-U-T-H-E-R land. Thank you so much for joining me today and we will catch up with you soon, hopefully. Thank you, Kat. Take care. Catch up with Kat. We're in this together. There are so many people keeping us smiling at the moment. Here are some more of your local heroes. Hello, my name's Gary. I would like to thank my wife, Eleanor, who's a physiotherapist, my sister, Angela, who's a nurse, my brother, Scott, who's an occupational therapist, all working on the front line. I would also like to thank my mum, Ellen, and my dad, Hugh, for staying home and staying safe. It won't be long now until you can give the Grand Wains a wee cuddle. Thank you. This is a message for Joyce McIntosh from Kincorthan, Aberdeen. She's a carer at a residential home, has to take two buses to get there, and it's taking her even longer to get to her place of of work at the moment. And uh, I just want to say that we all think you're a hero, Joyce. We love you. Catch up with Kat in association with the Scottish Government. Okay, time for my first fun fact of the day to hopefully make you smile, even if some of them are a wee bit rubbish. Did you know that monkeys in Japan have actually worked out how to use coins and vending machines to get snacks? I wonder if they sell chocolate bananas over there. Isn't that amazing? I'd love to see that. I'm back this afternoon with mental health coach Iona Barker telling us why we should be getting creative right now. So get your pens and paints at the ready. Until then, stay home, stay safe. And here's Jess Glynn and hold my hand. Standing in a crowd of Up with Kat. Hello and welcome once again to Catch Up with Cat with me, Cat Harvey. The little show we really hope can make a big difference. 
Okay, get your pens, your paints and your paper at the ready. It's time to get creative. Joining me for a catch-up this afternoon is Iona Barker, entrepreneur, mental health coach and uplifter, which is just the best title ever. Iona, this afternoon we're going to get creative. Hello, first of all, how are you? Hi, Kat. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Not bad, not bad. I'm really looking forward to this because creativity is a subject very close to your heart. I know this. Um, Tell us, what is your story with regards to this? Okay, so throughout my whole life so far, I've used creativity as a way to personally increase my own mental health. And I'm a huge fan of creativity and I'm not ashamed to say it, that I have experienced my fair share of anxiety and depression among other things. And I feel that nobody should be ashamed to speak up or seek help if they don't feel at their best. And one of the main tools I've used for making myself feel better has been creativity. And that's why I feel so passionately about creativity. for a decade I ran an organisation that was all about encouraging creativity and positive mental health. Was that your sewing group? Because I've seen that on the telly, I've seen it online. What was that one called again? It was called Say It Ain't So. Great name. And it was based in five cities. Thank you. Thanks very much. It was based in five cities across Scotland and it was a weekly free sewing class. Um, And we did lots of other kind of uh, fun stuff as well, uh, like television uh, videos and things. It was great fun. It lasted for a whole 10 years. It was fantastic. So much fun. And being creative and coming up with these ideas and helping other folk that were maybe struggling a bit, is this what got you through your darkest times? It absolutely did. And this is the thing that I want to stress is that everyone is creative. And I mean everyone. And even if we're told that we're rubbish in art or we feel that we're rubbish in art at school, we're still all creative. And we don't need to be particularly artistic to be creative, but we do need to be enthusiastic about learning something new and having fun, which I would say creativity is all about. That's the main thing about it is to have fun. Do you know, you've absolutely nailed it for me because um, I was rubbish at art at school. I wasn't rubbish, but I tried to take it up a couple of years ago. I went to a painting class, six of my friends, we went to a painting class at one of the colleges at night school. And you know, you think you've got a wee bit of hidden talent. It turns out I've hidden it very, very well because I was terrible. We had like, I remember on day one, we had to paint a loaf of bread not actually the loaf you know it was a picture of a loaf of bread and it was awful it was like a primary three thing but we had a good laugh we had a right good laugh and I think for me that is so important that whatever you're doing creative wise is it gives you a wee smile yeah that's the most important thing is having fun and even if you're doing something like dancing sewing painting and just like just having fun it's, it's a really good way to get away from your own thought process and give your thinking mind a rest and best of all it's all about play and play is a huge part of creativity and I feel that we really shouldn't stop playing as soon as we leave primary school an amazing factor of creativity like your painting class is that it promotes joy fun and excitement and even things like emptying your brain out onto the page, writing how your day was onto the page after your day, after a long day is so good for us. And then after a couple of days of doing this, we can start to get creative with it too. So things like dancing, singing, knitting, baking, cooking, picking flowers, arranging flowers, even cleaning out that cupboard and reorganizing it in a more efficient way. That's creativity. Is it? Yes, absolutely. It's not just a task that has to be done. Nope. If you can make it into a fun game where you're 
emptying out your cupboard and then you put it all back like Tetris put it all back where you've got to fit it all back in in an efficient manner with fancy boxes and get your get your labels out and, you know I can just imagine <laughs> all the mums and dads going today's creative game children is tidying your cupboard yes, absolutely <laughs> thanks Iona we'll catch up some more after the Jonas Brothers what's a man got to do Cut my heart about one two times don't need to question the reason Jonas Brothers, what's a man got to do? I'm joined by mental health coach and creative genius Iona Barker. Do you know, um, now that you mention it though, I have become a little bit better at cooking in the last few weeks just because I'm at home and I've been creating most things from scratch and for the first time ever, I think I've enjoyed chopping stuff. You know, just having the kind of, just standing at a board and... Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is new to me. So Absolutely. I kind of get what you mean. Well, now, we can't really be joining groups or classes at the moment, but I'm guessing there's loads of online options for us to try many things. There's so many things. Now is such a good time to try out that hobby or that fun thing that you've always wanted to experiment with. There's so many apps and services, even like loads of free apps and stuff teaching us how to play instruments, colour in, paint, and even like starting and exercising a creative pro uh, practice has been proven to elevate moods and it gives us something fun and enjoyable to focus on. And also, once we've achieved a goal, like cooking your meal, painting a picture, baking a cake, your brain gets a wee boost of feel-good chemicals. And another thing that I just want to point out, which is super important, is that expressive writing and painting can significantly help those suffering from trauma as it helps to work through and process what they've been through, you know? There's so much more to this than just putting paint on a page, isn't there then? It's really... Yeah. It's helping you switch off. It's making you feel better. You've got a sense of achievement at the end. Even if your picture's a wee bit rubbish, you've enjoyed doing it. Absolutely. Um, creativity is very good for your mental health, Iona. You have proven that. It really is. I've got some more fun scientific facts here for you if you want them. Oh, I love them. Go for it. What okay. have you got? So something like learning how to play an instrument can actually increase mm-hmm. connectivity between the right and left hemispheres of the brain, leading to better problem solving, critical thinking and faster response and recovery times to any problems that we might face in life. And also creativity has been proven by science to prevent ge- degenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, and it can help to reduce blood, reduce blood pressure, and has a positive effect on the immune system. Your brain is in an amazing, relaxed state while you create. Even if you're, even if you're not, you're not feeling it. Even you're just thinking like, "Oh, this painting's a bit of a bit of a mess." Just do it. Just go with it. Have fun. It doesn't matter what it looks like in the end. It's all about the process. It's all about just having fun with it and just experimenting and playing. Absolutely amazing. Um, I, I can't thank you enough for telling us all of this, uh, Iona. Start again. <clears throat> Iona, thank you so much for joining me. I'm away to get my coloured pens out because I feel like doodling on a notepad for no other reason than having some fun. So we will catch up again very, very soon. Don't forget loads of tips and great ideas to help on camyourhead.scot. Iona, we'll catch you soon. Thanks. Bye. Catch up with Cat. We're in this together. Here are some of your local heroes this afternoon. Hi, my name's Joe Donnelly. Um, my wife and I are pensioners, so we're obviously in a vulnerable group. Um, and I'd like to thank my next door neighbours, 
Martin and Alice, as we are not able to get out, Martin very kindly has gone to the supermarket to get our groceries in for the last few weeks, and it's been it's been fantastic for us. Um, so I'd like to thank Martin and Alice. Hello, my name is Mary Kay. I'm six years old. I would like to say a big thanks to NHS who are keeping us all safe, especially my gran. She's a community nurse. Thank you, NHS. Catch up with Cat in association with the Scottish Government. Don't forget, if you're struggling in any way at all at the moment, please go to the website clearyourhead.scot, which is packed full of great advice. Okay, here's my afternoon fun fact. Did you know that squirrels help plant thousands of new trees every year just by forgetting where they put their acorns? Yeah, that's nuts. Well, acorns, but you know what I mean. Anyway, I am back at 9.40 this evening when Dr John Mitchell will be telling us why we need to put down our pick-me-ups. So step away from the swally for this one. Until then, stay home, stay safe, and here's the killers and Mr Brightside. Welcome to Catch Up with Cat with me, Cat Harvey, your 15-minute mini show, hopefully crammed full of useful information and advice. Remember, if there's any subject you'd like me to cover that could help others, drop me a message, just go to the website and click on the Catch Up with Cat page and leave all your details. Tonight I'm joined for a catch up by consultant psychiatrist Dr John Mitchell. Good evening John, how are you? I'm very well, thanks Kat. Now last week we had you on and you were telling us about the importance of a good night's sleep. So many people were getting in touch to say thank you for that because we, we basically told people that you're not alone if you're struggling at the moment. And tonight we're going to be talking about putting down the pick-me-ups. Now what exactly does that mean John? Um, well, again, people aren't alone in struggling at the moment um, with being bored and anxious and, and not having their usual routines. So it's very easy, I think, to kind of comfort ourselves um, through, uh, you know, eating the wrong kind of food and perhaps drinking too much, perhaps smoking too much. Um, and I think, you know, now is an opportunity for us to stop and, and I think think about our life and how we want to live our life. And it's actually a time for some opportunities. Um, and uh, I suppose I'm particularly thinking about the, the opportunities of, of stopping smoking or, or thinking about how we eat and exercise and, and live. I'll be honest, John, people will not expect this. I haven't had a drink since it started. That's six and about weeks, I think. Um, I have not had a single drop of alcohol, so I'm feeling very proud of myself, but I'm desperately missing my friends on a good night out. <laughs> it's a fine line, isn't it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I know. Um, I think it, it, it's interesting because I suppose some people will maybe drink more when they are socialising, if they're social creatures, you know, when we go out to the pub and we meet our friends, some people, yep. you know, will will that that will be that will be when they drink more, um, and so the lockdown like this might mean that people like you um, will find that they're drinking less, um, but for some other people, you know, it is a form of comfort, isn't it? And a pick me up to to you know have an alcoholic drink and and 
you know, I think generally we're getting a sense that alcohol sales have gone up, so people are drinking more. Okay, let's deal with the main ones one at a time. We'll start with alcohol. It can be a real crutch, as you mentioned there, for so many people. And I know that people are going to be listening to this right now going, please, please don't take away my wee swally. It's the only thing I look forward to. Is it so important that we don't drink near bedtime? Well, um, I I think it's uh, I think it should be something that we look forward to. You know, I think that's the I think that's the trick is that you you know that I think if you find that you're drinking alcohol just every single day in a kind of numbing anaesthetic way, then that's not healthy for you. You know, the best thing is to have alcohol three days and to um, and to look forward to it as a treat. It's not a smart thing to drink just before you try to sleep because. You know, we all know that, um, you know, when you start drinking alcohol, it's very stimulating. You know, you feel good, you feel more chatty and more talkative, maybe more energised. Um, and then when we drink even more and we get all sedated and groggy, you know, it, it ruins our sleep. You might be, you might feel really tired and dopey, but actually you have a rubbish sleep as a consequence of it. So is it about timings then more than forbidding it? So if somebody maybe wanted a glass of wine at seven o'clock that's okay if they're going to their bed at half ten rather than taking their drink you know just before they go to bed well as i said you know it's it's in moderation isn't it and it should be as a treat mm. but i think you know we're all used to kind of enjoying alcohol in the early evening um you know in our social lives and that seems kind of sensible to me we shouldn't be drinking it within hours of trying to go to sleep um and and certainly having a, a drink at eight o'clock in the morning to pep us up with our morning cappuccino would not be a smart thing to do. Not advisable. I hear you. I hear you. And I, I have to say, I am very much looking forward to my first little chilled glass of something when I am allowed to meet my friends again, because I am a bit of a social creature when it comes to having a wee drink. Thanks, John. We'll keep chatting in a few minutes. But first, here's George Ezra and Shotgun. George Ezra and Shotgun. I'm joined this evening by Dr. John Mitchell, clinical psychiatrist. Now, the dreaded C word before bedtime, caffeine, John. Why is it so bad for us? Well, caffeine, caffeine's a stimulant. We all know that. And uh, and that's why we do have it in our morning cappuccino, because it peps, peps us up for the day ahead. But uh, caffeine, um, you know, you'll know if you drink a lot of it, it makes your heart pound really fast. It can give you a headache and it kind of agitates as well. And um, a small amount of that just to get you going in the morning um, is, a, is a pick-me-up. But you just don't want to be doing that when you're trying to get to sleep. Now, a lot of people don't know that caffeine is in tea bags as well. Because I remember having, very clearly, having an argument with my granny, who was 96 at the time, about her consumption of tea. And she would have two cups of tea before she went to her bed. And I said, but there's caffeine in that. No, there's not. It's a tea bag. There is caffeine in tea, isn't there? Oh, yes, absolutely. And, um, I mean, if you like a good West of Scotland, you know, builder's tea that you can, you know, stand your spoon up in, it's going to have quite a lot of caffeine in it. But also, you know, you have to remember that um, a lot of the soft drink, you know, that we buy, and they're full of caffeine as well. That's that's why we kind of crave them, why we kind of enjoy drinking them. But that's something you can do 
something easily about because you can buy decaffeinated uh, soft drinks. You can, you know, the zero drinks. You can, you can buy decaffeinated tea. You can, you can buy decaffeinated coffee if you like the taste of it and you want it before you go to bed. I'm off on a tangent now, but I've just remembered the same argument that I had with my granny, and she told me that she'd live to be 96 because she never ate sugar, and um, she was going through a bag of pan drops every single day. You know, the mints, the granny's love <laughs> in her head, because she wasn't putting sugar in her porridge, it didn't count. So, um, <laughs> granny logic. Well, well, that's right. I've had, I've had people over the years say to me that, um, you know, they didn't think chips made them put on weight because they thought chips was a vegetable and it was one of your five. It days. is! Don't you ruin that illusion, Dr John! <laughs> <laughs> so what are alternatives then to the you know to having a wee dram before we go to our bed then what should we be taking well i, I mean i think um you know as i said if you if you like a drink before you go to bed then think about how much caffeine is in it you know the the, the coffee and tea and things um and i think you know alcohol it's you just need to be thoughtful you need to be aware of what, how you're drinking and what you're drinking you just need to think back and think how am i doing this and uh as i said i'm you know I'm, I'm sorry to say it but i just having an alcoholic drink really within an hour of you trying to go to sleep is you know just not going to work um so uh, you know if you're if it's one of the evenings that you're looking forward to having that chilled glass of wine cat then have it just you know have it around about your tea time have it round, you know, round about the time you're, you're, you're eating food yeah. and enjoy it then, um, you know, but, but but don't have it just before you go to your sleep. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. Yes. What about cigarettes yeah. and vapes then? Are they included in this don't do it before you go to bed list? Well, I mean, the nicotine's, you know, highly addictive and that's why we, why we, we use these things. Um, it in itself is, guess what, a stimulant and that's why we enjoy it. You know, now's a time when you might want to think about cutting down your smoking or indeed quitting, you know, if you possibly can. Great advice about that on NHS Inform website, you know, I should say. You know, people kind of have to smoke when they're addicted to it. And if you wanted to cut down, you know, you can use patches to, to replace nicotine. But remember, again, it's a stimulant. So, um, you know, having a, a, a you know, a a strong strength, you know, smoke just before bedtime, again, not terribly smart. Not a good idea. So Dr. John Mitchell, consultant psychiatrist, thank you for your advice. We'll talk to you soon, hopefully. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And don't forget, you can get loads of great advice about winding down for the night on the website, clearyourhead.scot. Catch up with Kat. We're in this together. It's always lovely to get a wee shout out on the radio. Here's who you would like to thank this evening. Hi, my name's Claire. I'm a nurse at the Royal Hospital for Children in Glasgow. And I'm thankful to my wonderful mum and dad who have been at home for the past eight weeks, shielding themselves and keeping safe during the coronavirus outbreak. Um, We've been such a support to each other, um, even though we can only FaceTime and Zoom chat to each other and I've popped around with their messages but they're doing so well and I'm so thankful to them and I can't wait to give them a big cuddle when all this is over. Bob here, I would like to thank all the Scottish Prison Service staff and NHS for all the hard work they're doing through this difficult thing. Catch up with Cat in association with the Scottish Government. Remember, you can drop me a voice message and join in the fun. Go to the website for details. Okay, my final fun fact of the day. Did you know that some penguins propose by passing their partner a pebble? 
Isn't that cute? Even penguins say I do with a rock. That could have saved some of you a fortune. I am back tomorrow morning at 9.40am and I've got some brilliant ideas if you want to eat well and limit your food waste. So until then, stay home, stay safe and here's Adele, someone like you. That you settle down, that you found a girl.